Hi, my name is Alex Kobelfreaks, and I am the CEO of The Agenda Period. Femtech is the ability to use technology to create a more equitable and just world. Welcome to Femtech Focus with Dr. Brittany Barreto, exploring the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. Welcome to the Femtech Focus podcast, where we have meaningful and provocative conversations with femtech experts. These academics, doctors, and innovators tell us about the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Brittany Barreto, and today's episode is brought to you by Witham. Witham is a forward-thinking, technology-driven advisory and accounting firm committed to helping companies be more profitable, efficient, and productive in today's complex business environment. Witham's dedicated Femtech team is proud to partner with members of the Femtech community. Get to know their team at witham.com backslash Femtech. Okay, Fem fans, in today's episode, I interview Alex Cobal Franks, CEO, co-founder of The Agenda Period. The Agenda Period is a whole new type of period tracker. This one actually tells you, based on your menstrual cycle, what kind of work you should be doing. I've actually been reading about this in a book called Do Less by Kate Northrup, so it's really timely that this episode is being dropped. The agenda period is the tech version of this movement. The idea behind it is that today's work is based on a 24-hour cycle, which is the hormone cycle of males. Females have a give or take 28-day cycle, give or take. Depending on which of the four phases in your cycle you're in, you should be either pitching your business, being creative, relaxing, or brainstorming. It's super fascinating stuff to consider. You can download their app for free now in the App Store. And if you'd like their physical agenda book, you can go to theagendaperiod.com and use promo code AGENDA10 for 10% off your order. That's theagendaperiod.com, promo code AGENDA10 for 10% off your order. Enjoy the episode. Hey, Alex, welcome to the show. Brittany, thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for having me today. Oh, absolutely. Uh, are you wearing your own swag? I am. A little swag peek. <laughs> Does it say anything on the back? It doesn't, but we do have some funny shirts that say make periods great again. Oh. <laughs> are those for sale? Yes. Oh, my God. Dude, I'm like a walking vulva, I swear to God, because I have like a beanie that says it's vulva, not vagina. Um, Like I have a shirt that's, you know, like it's just, it's, I have a little pin that's a clitoris. I mean, I really, I need, I need that shirt. I need the shirt. I have a pin that says grow a pair and it's like the uterus with ovaries. And I love that one. Over on my keychain. Yes, yes. I have a, a crocheted tampon um, uh, that's on my purse. And, so and cute. Yeah. So obviously I am um, anyone on Pinterest. If you have like feminist stuff, I'm in, I'm in for it. I just got this piece of wall art today from Laurel and Fig, which is, I think, in, um, a company out of Wisconsin, but it says powerful and it's just like a huge uterus. <gasps> and then, it, but it looks like an old style tattoo. 
Oh my God. All right. You know, like the- kind of like the pinup art, like the pinup art kind of vibe. Like that's what it looks like. It's so cool. After this, I'll show you. I'll pull it up. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Well, we always love to start off these interviews asking our guests about their background. Do you know where you're from? What did you study? Did you have a career before this? And how did you end up here? Yeah, it was definitely a winding road to get to period stuff. And I never thought I would be working in this space. Um, I have a business degree and I I focused on social entrepreneurship and seeing business as a way to create change. But I still never even thought I would have a business because I really hated corporate America and the structure that we're kind of presented with seeing is like, it feels like there's only one option, even though there are definitely a lot of ways to have and make and be involved in business. Um, So after I graduated, I was a Peace Corps volunteer, came back from Peru, was an AmeriCorps volunteer, worked a lot with youth and education, um, and then eventually got really sick of working for other people because I am clinically unemployable. Like, I just don't like having a boss. (laughs) So I decided to start my own health coaching company after going through some of my own health, health journey after I got back from the Peace Corps. And I was all over the place trying to figure out solo entrepreneurship because it's really different from business administration. Like you learn how to go into a large machine rather than like creating the machine from scratch. Mm. Um, So I started tracking my sales conversions and I found that I had higher sales when I was in the ovulation phase of the menstrual cycle. And that was a beautiful data point for me to figure out. It's like I had heard about cycle syncing in in college. I'd learned about changing what you eat or how you exercise, but no one had ever talked to me about adapting my business or my workflow for the four phases of my cycle. So when I kind of got onto that nugget, I was like, okay, what else feels different depending on where I'm at in my cycle? And why don't I orient my life that way? That That would save me a lot of time and energy. So that's what I eventually that kind of led me down this path to the agenda period. Wow. That is super, super incredible. I feel like it was by luck that you were tracking both of them, at least the sales number and your period date, like somewhere close together visually. So you saw the overlap. Was that just like luck? Totally luck, totally, totally luck. And then I sat it was actually a really weird moment. I sat with it in a meditation. I was like, this is, this feels interesting to me. Like what's going on. And I was in a meditation and I had this downloaded and what I thought the download was like, go buy a period planner. And I was like, Oh, that's so smart. Like surely someone, like I've read about time blocking. Surely someone has like mapped these workflows together and I could not find it anywhere. Mm. I couldn't find it because again, I think a lot of the people making these products don't have periods. So, so I decided I had to sit with that idea for a while because I was like, okay, if no one's made it, maybe I'm just crazy. And people will think this is super duper, duper weird. <laughs> so maybe that's why no one's done this before. Yep, yep. Um, but I, you know, in 2019 kind of d- dipped the toe in and then jumped totally into the pond of like, okay, well, what would it look like to make a planner? We did a beta test, did a crowdfunding campaign. And then people just kept asking about an app and like how they could get more information. So that really just spun my life in a totally different direction than I ever anticipated. But now I'm obsessed with it. Like, obsessed. oh my gosh, this is so cool. All right. So for our listeners to kind of like unpack this a little bit, when you say a period planner, you literally, and I know this cause I was looking at your website and stuff. Like it literally is like, do it this week. Yeah. It's like a, literally a calendar, like a literally like do it, do this, this week, because your body's doing this, this week, you know, uh, work-wise. 
Um, is that is that a good description of it? How do you describe it to someone who's never heard of a period planner? Yeah, so we break down the four phases of the cycle. So we have people start a new kind of their new planning process when they're on their period. And then we have activities that really map up and this is based on working with hundreds of different women, but then it's, it's really, we created a baseline. So we have these four phases that create four buckets of tasks and we recommend try out this kind of activity during your period, try out these kinds of activities during the follicular phase, try out these kind of activities when you're ovulating and try out these kind of activities when you're in the luteal phase, because to have a successful business, we don't have to do everything all the time. We just have to do all of the activities enough of the time to move our mission forward. So that's how we kind of help people start to visualize and and go through this journey. So cool. Well, I want to know about the four phases um, and what are the activities and like the business things that women should do. Um, And then also, can you tell me about like, what is the support behind that? Is it research? Like, has anyone researched this for reals or like making it up? Does it just feel right? Like what, uh, how supported is this? Yeah. So, well, I think I'll start with that question because there isn't enough, there haven't been enough long-term studies yet. And what, which is one of the things I'm really excited to be able to help and support with. And the reason this hasn't been done enough is because the medical community for a long time has kind of considered women's hormones to be too pesky and too unpredictable to study. So that's super cool. Which by the way, (laughs) like I want to, I want to start making a list of other pesky things that we fucking figured out, like go to Mars, like, put like man on the moon. Erect, erectile dysfunction, um, for old dudes, like sequence a 3 billion <laughs> nucleotide genome of every human in 20 minutes. Like, you know, so anyways, the, we should make a list of like <laughs> other pesky things we can accomplish. It's time to study periods, you know? Yes, seriously. So <laughs> There, there, there have been some people who have done, you know, some, some work in the space, but there's not, there's not enough yet. There's a lot of, um, people's personal experience that kind of, that kind of data, but like to get a really fantastically built out set, that is something that hasn't happened yet. And I think the last longitudinal study on menopause even happened in like the eighties. So we need more science. We need more, yeah. more people to really study this well. Um, but something that was interesting right along the time we were, we were launching the agenda period is the U.S. women's soccer team won the World Cup. Mm-hmm. And they talked about how they, that was in 2019, and they talked about how they used cycle syncing for their training and how it gave them the edge to win the World Cup. Like they really through the direct correlation. Yeah. Um, so there are two apps now, one's called wild AI and one called fitter woman, and they mm-hmm. are specifically for elite athletes mapping their training with the phases of their cycle. And I'm like, well, if this is good enough for elite athletes, then this is good enough for everyone. And all women need to have this advantage and like understand their workflow and understand their physiology in this way, because that's really what it boils down to is like the way that I feel in my body impacts how I feel at work. Yes. And I mean, like that's to me, it's an easy jump to imagine if I feel bloated, I may not feel like running that day, or maybe that's exactly what I need. I don't know. I'm not an elite athlete. I don't know what, how I would Same. feel but, um, <laughs> when challenged with that kind of a training program, but you're saying that it also has to do with like your like work, like job, like how well I respond to my inbox. Like, can yeah, you give me some, what are the business energies? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, so 
a really great way, I think, for people coming to this for the first time, and people use this, this kind of map a lot, is looking at the four phases and how they map to the external season. So we say like the external season and then our internal season. So the menstrual phase is a lot like winter, right? So our external winter. So you may feel like being internal inside of your body, hibernating, having some rest, allowing your body to go through the process of shedding the endometrium lining because that's intense, um, warming and comforting foods, that kind of thing. Um, because we have higher intuition and the left and right parts of our brain are communicating really well, this is where we like to say that you should sit down and make a plan. A lot of people talk about the plan happening during the follicular phase, and that used to happen to me. And I am wildly extroverted. So if the follicular phase, Alex, gets a hold of my calendar, I will book so much shit on there that I will never be able to keep up with. And I will be so pissed off and resentful like three weeks later. I'm like, oh my. why do I have all these meetings? I don't want to talk to anyone. What was I thinking? So when I make that plan during my period, I feel like the workflow feels much more consistent and easy and easy to stick with month week of week after week after week so that's really like the planning part of the cycle I relate to the who the hell booked this like (laughs) Brittany three weeks ago sucks because I don't know why I booked a 7 a.m flight I don't know who she thought I was because this girl I don't get up for that you know like why do I hate myself but at the time, you're like, oh my gosh, it'll yeah. be perfect. If I get yep. in at 7 a.m., then I can do blah, 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 blah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so during your period um, is the planning phase. What's the next one? So then we go into the follicular phase. So this is like our like inner springtime. So we're going to feel more bubbly. Estrogens on the rise, follicle-stimulating hormones on the rise typically. So there's a lot going on in our bodies. And it's a great time to network, to talk to people, to start to put the plan that you made into action. So maybe you need to call 10 people. Maybe you need to do some different show up on fun podcasts. I'm, I'm about to be in the follicular phase. <laughs> so, you know, all of these kind of like the doing activities that kind of like busy bee energy, like get the things done. And I find it's easier for me to work longer days during the follicular phase. I've got the energy there. So really being able to take some time to rest, knowing that I'm going to have additional time to be in that, that fun active mode. And it's going to feel really good to do during that time. What would you suggest for an introvert who doesn't maybe not, that may not sound awesome to them? What does it may look like for them? Yeah, I think it's, it still may feel easier to do those things rather than any other phase of the cycle. So maybe the time you do want to go try, try one of those things out or still put the thing into, into place. So you can send emails to folks, reach out, you know, maybe DM people on Instagram. If you want to look for collaborations, those types of things during that phase. So it still may feel easier. Uh, You know, if you, I moderate a Facebook group, so like potentially responding to comments may feel really great during Mm -hmm. that time because you're connecting, even if it's not face-to-face verbal yeah. communication, those things can feel really, really fun to do during that time. Well, and then what's the next phase? Ovulation. So that's a, a, the shortest phase and it's like our inner summer phase. And you can see how even that maps with like the, the natural world. Summer is the shortest phase of the year. Uh, unfortunately, I love summer, but it's because we would get real burnt out if it was summer all the time because we are magnanimous <laughs> during ovulation. Like People, that's what I found with my sales data, because we're really good at communicating our ideas, it's hard for people to say no to us, men and women. 
Ooh, I'm thinking about fundraising, you know? Yes. Get Wait, those, okay. those calls during ovulation time. Our faces are the most symmetrical. Um, I noticed like my nose looks really cute during ovulation. <laughs> like, Do you think it's a perception or like your face actually changes? I think our, I think my face actually changes. Like uh, there are some things like where I think my, my nose gets wider during the luteal phase and there are some things during pregnancy that it's important to have like a stronger sense of smell. So it would make sense to me of like why our nostrils would widen at the base. Wow. I mean, (laughs) I, I studied my PhD is in evolutionary genetics. So whenever there's like an evolutionary component, I'm like, yeah, that could, that's probably it. Yep. (laughs) Or like, if you're feeling extra cute while you're ovulating, like you're trying to get it on, right? Exactly. Like that's the point of ovulating is like, hello, sperm. It's passing on your genes, you know? passing on, yeah, your, yeah. your material. So like, yeah, if you're feeling yourself, you're going to put yourself in situations to pass on your genetic material. So Beautiful. evolutionarily, it makes a lot of sense. Um, so this is like when people should be selling, um, doing their big business meetings, maybe board meetings. Yep. Um, Ask for a raise if you work for someone else or if you're like working with someone else. Um, yeah. And, and kind of like manifesting like the, the work. So you planned, then you went and did a bunch of things. And now you're like asking for these things to come through. And sometimes this, a big project may, may go through multiple menstrual phases. We may not wrap everything up in one month, but then you kind of see here are these touch points over and over again in this really Mm -hmm. cyclical way that makes it easy to keep this project on task. How long is the ovulation phase? So it, it, it depends a little bit because some people have the cervical, um, the fertile quality cervical mucus, which is the really stretchy mucus. So sometimes even if the egg isn't actually popped out of the follicle and sperm, it can hang out in there for up to five days. So I kind of take that as a, a four to five day chunk where Got you maybe Well, I mean, that's that. one good work week right there. It's a good work week, you know? Yep. So then, so when's the last phase? And then it's the luteal phase. And so the luteal phase is the longest phase and it gets a bad rap because typically um, it's where if you have PMS symptoms that may happen during, during this time. Mm -hmm. So what we found with people is typically that first week can be a really still intense energy. And I call it like my CEO time. Like if head's got a role, like I'm having tough conversations. I don't have like the, like the love of the ovulation phase where I'm like, Oh my God, how are you? Like that's worn off. And I'm like, do the thing now <laughs> during that like first week. And then the second week can be like a little bit more sensitive as everything's kind of culminating and coming to yeah. a close. Yeah. So that's like the inner autumn time. Um, so it's a great time for the harvest, right? So kind of wrapping up the projects, tying up the loose ends, analyzing, seeing what didn't work, seeing what did work and kind of taking that into your next planning session. Um, this can be a really, really critical time until we learn how to work with this energy and this phase. Right. So, yeah. So those are kind of like high level, what we talked about. That is so freaking cool. And so do you know if there's like, a like a history of different cultures having already known this, like the, you know, I think a lot of times when it comes to the phases of a woman's body and like what we do or how we perceive it to be, you know, either beautiful or inconvenient or whatever. I feel like there's been historical times where like menopause was seen as a beautiful time for women, like in their wisest phase. Right. And so did have you found like any historical things that like people knew this already? 
Yeah, so I was actually talking to a woman last week who's a part of a, um, a native tribe here in the United States. And she said like during their moon time is what they call it during the period, like they're considered to be so potent and too powerful to like ride horses or cook or clean. And they're supposed to meditate um, and actually as a way to honor that power. And I've, I've heard that that was the part of the reason that men created sweat lodges is because women could tap into that naturally with their period. And they wanted to kind of emulate that experience of like this high intuition, intuitive time. Um, and so I think that in some cultures, I think that's kind of maybe the heartbeat at it. In some places it's been seen as a way to treat women badly, but I think it yeah. actually yeah. comes from a good place um, you know, maybe a long, a long time ago, and even some, some native communities today, I've seen like, wow, women are super potent during this time. We need to give them the ability to relax and, and download the information and, and kind of, you know, let that process play out. So yeah, there's a lot. Um, and I think that's part of the reason we're seeing resurgence of red tents. There's some kind of mysticism around red tents because supposedly in the past, women would all go and have their periods together and do kind of ceremony and, um, have, you know, like the plan, like download the plan for their tribe and their community. What would they need to do next in the next cycle? Mm -hmm. So I think it's really interesting to think about. Absolutely. Do you think that, um, so I've said this on many episodes, I'm on a birth control that lets me skip my period. Personally, I love it. This, this is just the life I like to live. Um, but I feel like I'm missing out <laughs> some stuff, you know, like I'm like, I don't know. I stuff cycles. Like, I don't know. Uh, so do you know? <laughs> when I, when I started doing this work and really tuned in, I still had energetic fluctuations. And when I was like coming to the end of a pill pack, like I could, I still felt very much in the luteal phase, how I experience uh -huh. it now. Um, and I think there's a lot of potency of how we feel, you know, I, I found, I, have more access to different parts of myself. And I think my mental health has changed being mm -hmm. off of birth control because those hormones are artificial. Um, so yeah. whenever we're putting something, you know, that's the substitute, it's not necessarily the same response as what our own body or nature would create. Yeah. So I think it's kind of a yes. And I think that there are some, some scary side effects from some birth controls. And it's the thing like we were kind of talking about, right? Like this peskiness. Well, why can't, I think there's a lot of good that's come out of birth control. So why can't we find a way to make it even better and not cause harm mm -hmm. to the women who are taking it? So. And so, and, and I also know women have different, you know, everyone says, oh, it's a 28 day cycle, but it's like not everyone. Right. And only so like 12% of the population has a 20. Yeah. It's like actually the minority. Right. So what, um, how do you structure that with your agenda? Is it already like, how do you do that? So it's all blank. It's all it's um, undated so that people can fill in their own information. Uh, okay. Um, and because some people in our community have 35 day cycles or yeah. 22 day cycles, you know, particularly as women are moving closer and closer to perimenopause and then menopause, often cycles will get shorter. And so um, it's good just to have that flexibility for them to be able to have the space that they need. And then the app is structured in the same way you put in your start date and then you put when the next, your next period starts and then you're able to use yourself as the, as the plan. Um, and if someone has a free range cycle, my friend Kate says that I I just like borrow that from her because I think it's so cute. Like if you have an unpredictable cycle or you're not currently uh -huh. bleeding, um, we also show how people can link up with the lunar calendar because the um, menstrual cycle really maps 
pretty well with the, the, the moon cycle. And so you can use that as, as kind of anchor points if you are experiencing a free range cycle. I, it's almost a guarantee that I've fallen in love with someone whenever there's a full moon. Every time I'm like, I am so into this person. I'm like, I bet it's a full moon. Sure enough, it's always a full moon. And I'm like, man. And typically that's when people ovulate. So if you're feeling like the oxytocin, <laughs> you're like extra lovey-dovey to anyone during that time. Hello, hello. <laughs> Let's hang out. <laughs> Fully vaxxed. Come on over. Um, <laughs> And now, a quick word from our sponsors. As we've talked about many times on the show before, we need more femtech entrepreneurs improving women's health and wellness across every category, especially sex. I've made some new friends over at Dame Products who are doing just that. Dame Products is a women-owned sex toy company making the next generation of vulva-tested, vulva-approved vibrators. Founded by a sex educator and an engineering whiz, Dame develops toys with the help of real humans and couples like you, listeners. Their vibrators and accessories are made with medical-grade silicone, smart design principles, and lots of love, earning glowing press from New York Times, W Magazine, and many more, including me. I recently purchased Dame's Partners Optional Bundle, which includes the Eva and the Arc vibrators, plus Alu Lube. I used to sell sex toys in college and have never seen a design like theirs. The Eva has these small little wings that tuck under the labia for a hands-free experience. Also, their lube bottle comes with a grip slip. Think about the functionality, folks. I love it. Whether you're a couple looking for an extra boost or on a journey of self-exploration, I'm sure they'll earn a spot on your nightstand. Visit dameproducts.com backslash femtechfocus for 15% off the site. This is a hell of a deal, y'all. Go to dameproducts.com backslash femtechfocus for 15% off and see what they can bring to your bedroom and beyond. And now back to the interview. What have people been saying with your product? What people that have are using it? And then also like when you said you crowdfunded, I'm interested in hearing, did you get backlash from anyone being like, this is like woo woo crazy or like, were people like, oh my God, finally, you know? So not a lot to our faces. I think there've been some people who have been like, still there's some shame or stigma from like some older women. We got that response a couple of times. Like, I just had to deal with this. Like, why are you? why are you changing it? Or like, like, yeah, well, just because it sucked for you doesn't mean it should suck forever. Right. I think there's a lot of stuff in my life that sucks and I hope that it doesn't suck for the next generation of people. So I think there's some trauma there and like what people, what women particularly have had to endure women and menstruators have had to endure in this space for a long time that can come out in some wounded ways. So that has been like an interesting response. Um, we've had quite a few men say like, I'm not sure if this is going to be successful because it's pretty much a niche product. And like, do you know how many people have periods? <laughs> do you know how many Half people the in the world. workforce have periods? Yeah. Do you know that women make up 47% of the workforce? And like, we, we've really been digging into that right now because there was this, this great study that showed reduced 
presenteeism or absenteeism from work accounting for approximately nine days of lost productivity per year. And so we if we just look at like the women in the U.S. workforce, extrapolating that out for an average of 12, 8, 12.08 an hour, assuming an average workday of eight hours, that's $65 billion lost to the U.S. economy because women are not being supported. Because we're niche. Right. So niche. So yeah. Niche. Oh my God. And it's like, we just need space. We can't replace all those women in the workforce, nor should we try to. It's just like, not even an accommodation. It's how about you make space for the physiology of all the people that make up your workforce? Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, you also have something that I really appreciate. I call it the femtech trifecta, which is uh, all femtech want- companies that are successful have three components. One is a great product. Two is um, education, like educating people about a topic. And then three is a community group. And so I actually find it to be, unfortunately, a a burden that Femtech founders, we're building educational material and we're building a community and we're building a great product where most most, uh, tech companies only have to do the product part, right? Um, But I noticed that you have a really successful community uh, Facebook group called Cycle Reintroduction, right? Yeah. So tell me about that experience, what it's been like growing this community and, um, you know, just tell me about that part. Yeah, we, we, I found out that it was like absolutely not negotiable to do this because there was such a lack of education, which was a barrier to our product. <laughs> yep, that's what, I mean, Femtech founders, Femtech founders don't start education in community groups because we just have extra time on our hands. We do it because that's how we get people to buy our product because women don't even know about our own bodies, right? Or yes. they're suffering. They think they're surely the only one and the community group helps show them Oh no, it's all women. It's all vaginas. Okay. You know? Yeah. So like we went, we like took the show on the road after we made the the planner, we successfully kickstart like crowdfunded from doing, I was, I really tapped into the ecosystem in Iowa. Like the women there are badass and have like really supported everything that we've put out and just been such a, like a champion. And it's really important to have a community, particularly when you're misunderstood, right? Like these are the people that help you like, no, keep doing it. Like, this is, this is awesome. It's impacting my life. Please don't stop. Like those are really important. I think especially in this weird intersection. And so then we took, we went to a bunch of shows, did workshops, talks, and people just didn't even know the four phases of their cycle, right? They didn't know. I thought I was like last to the party when I like put these pieces together. I was like, people are going to buy this. Like it's going to fly off the shelves because everyone knows about like their, I'm just like, I'm slow. And then the smartest, most intelligent women I know, they're like the full full of who? The what? <laughs> I'm not fertile the whole month. The, the, lute, the luteal? The luteal? I was like, oh man, we have got some work to do because sex ed was terrible and did not <laughs> let us know about our basic biology. Um, so that is was really why I just kind of started this group on almost a whim of like, okay, we can put some talks together. We can bring experts in here. People can ask their questions. And then we started doing cycle check-ins and we do those a couple times a week to normalize wherever you are in your cycle. It's not just about the period. It's about loving and supporting yourself and having the tools and knowledge to do that 365 because yeah, we spend an average of eight years of our life bleeding, but we spend a hundred percent of our life and our reproductive years somewhere within the menstrual cycle. And it's confusing because we call it menstrual cycle. So people think it's just about the period 
yeah. the periods are super important, but we're constantly somewhere in this rotation. Mm -hmm. And so we need tools for every single phase. So that's one of the ways we've been able to normalize that conversation is doing cycle check-ins and just be like, Hey, where are you at today? What's, what feels good? What feels fun? Where do you need some additional support? So we have a ton of like, I don't know how many videos at this point, hours of content um, so that people could get their questions asked and not feel judged and reduce the shame and reduce the stigma. So it's, it's really been and become like a really fun part of this company is building out that space. And I want to figure out forever in perpetuity, however big this gets, like how can we really connect those dots for people and create spaces that we can just talk about this stuff. Yep. And that's what the successful femtech companies I come across are doing. They're building these private Facebook groups or Slack channels or, you know, just WhatsApp group, like some, there's some component of community of which people are sharing. And it's really interesting. One of my favorite community groups is actually with Awkward Essentials, which is a, a sex hygiene company, right? For women. Her. She's amazing. It's so Francis. great. Oh, but I love, I love this community group and I'm going to join yours too, but I love Francis's community group called Octalk because it like so many of the posts start off with the woman saying, Hey, not sure if like, this is okay to ask, but like, I have ingrown hairs in my pubic area and I don't know how to solve it. And it's like, man, they have nowhere else to go, you know? And like, that's what that group is for, is for awkward talk, you know? And, and it's about the product and women talk about sex and all these things, but it's about, you know, uh, finally being in a place where you're like, yeah, I'm a woman, I'm 29 year old woman. And I don't know the answer to this, you know, I don't know how, but I don't, <laughs> please help me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is one of the things like the, that, the patriarchy unintentionally does to keep us small is like not know about our bodies, not know how uh -huh. to connect to ourselves, being really disembodied. In, and we see so many stress-related disorders for women, so many autoimmune disorders because we're living, like only being able to occupy from the neck up. Yeah, we are not in our bodies. We're yeah. not in our bodies because our bodies are seen as projects or tools or something that needs to get pound shed off of it. So like we disassociate from ourselves all the time. And I, that is what I found so much about cyclical living and menstrual cycle awareness is it drops us down into ourselves. Oh my gosh, that is beautiful. <laughs> my God, you're the first person that has me thinking maybe I should change my birth control because I really love not having my period, but man, you're really inspiring me. I'm like, I don't know, maybe, maybe. You should read this, Sweetening the Pill, because there's also some really, really interesting science in terms of evolutionary biology around like the kind of partners we choose on birth control versus off birth control. And like the, the divorce rate that happens once people procreate because the hormones and the pheromones and the chemicals, like we're not attracted in the same way to our partners, like post procreation. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I actually know a lot about that, believe it or not. So, um, <laughs> when I read that, I was just like, yeah, it's crazy. It's that so is, crazy. I, I just wonder like how many people wouldn't even like the pairings would just be so different if we hadn't had birth control, like what kind of people would be on the planet? Because we've like created these like interesting <laughs> partnerings that like would never have happened if they were like using their own having natural yeah natural hormones yeah oh my gosh oh my gosh. what are some of the future goals for the agenda period global domination 
I love that. What else? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, just, just kidding. Really like disrupting the, the way that we think about work and giving access to every single cyclical person. So really like we talk a lot, um, you know, global menstrual equity is really catchy right now. And it's a phrase that I find to be really potent and powerful. And it typically means that every menstruator has access to them, the supplies that they need to bleed with dignity. Mm -hmm. And that is obviously the hierarchy of needs, completely important and should be step one. Step two though, is education so that everyone who has a cyclical body understands what's going on in their body on this basic level, because it's something we're constantly dealing with. Mm -hmm. And then, so uh, the agenda period really, I think has this place in all three levels. So like partnering with other nonprofits to help get supplies to folks who need them really building out a robust educational content library so that people get the access to the information and then eventually push back against the school system or, you know, DOE and like figuring out how do we get this, the correct information in, in young girls and, and boys' hands so that everyone's on this page. And then three is really the opportunity for empowerment. So you get to choose what do you, what do I want to do now that I have this information? So Moonshoot for this company is true global menstrual equity, meaning every menstruator on the planet has access to all three of those components within my lifetime. Oh my God. Well, let, let's know how we can help you do it. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. If you, uh, um, do you think you'll ever make like, um, a Google calendar plugin? Cause we have it right now. Oh, you do. Oh, the app, good. The app, the app has a Google Calendar plugin so that you like see your menstrual cycle good. information overlaid yes. with the rest of your life. Because we found like we did a ton of customer discovery and women are the hives. Like they're holding all of these containers for so many people in their lives and their families. And so understanding how my physiology is showing up to my partners this or my kids that or my personal thing is really really important so that was like one of the very first features we made sure was in the MVP so oh like God. the app is in stage one right now so that could that would be really supportive people trying it out um, you can you can check it out for 90 days for free right now and so this is a great time to get in there see what you like see what you don't like so that we can build a, a future roadmap that includes things that actually serve us as the end user. Oh um, so that would be like super supportive people to try it out. They can search like the agenda period in any app store and it'll pop up. So amazing. This has been so much fun. I have two last questions for you that our listeners really appreciate. The first one is if someone wanted to start a femtech company, what is an area in women's health and wellness that still needs innovating? Um, I think that menopause still really could use some additional innovation. They're starting, there's a few people popping up, but there's still not enough power and love in that space. And then first periods, um, I think could also use some additional like care and support because we're getting people when they're so far behind the curve. So like, how can we really change and, and create technological tools from the very beginning? Yeah. And we, we hope to be a part of that, but like there's so much room because there are billions of people who need help. Yes. Oh, that's good. First periods. I like that a lot. Um, because, you know, I heard like if you get a, a menstruator to purchase your product, like they're a lifetime consumer, like the, we usually don't change. So, um, who, you know, who's investing in our, the teenagers advertisements and branding and stuff. And, um, I think it was Vagisil that would made like a teenager, like smell, have your vagina smell like roses. And if it doesn't, trash. you stink. <laughs> I, I love that the femtech community was like, this is 
unacceptable. Like you cannot <laughs> tell 13 year old girls that their vaginas stink because they, you know what they smell like? They smell like vaginas, you know? And like, they're not supposed to, if they smell like Daisy, something's wrong. Like that's yeah. not natural. Don't put perfume on there. Nope. No, 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 no. Oh yeah. So we gotta, we gotta be good to our young girls. Cause, um, I mean, it was hard for us. I can't even imagine what it's like today. So, oh my gosh. I think like what, if I could add one piece of that is like the intersectionality. So like, how can we innovate with tech in a way that really uplifts people who don't have access to resources, because that is so huge in femtech. So how can we, I know more people now have access to cell phones than potable water, but like they don't always have access to data. They don't always have access to the education and the information that should be readily available. So really tackling that is a feminist, a femtech issue is like, how can we ensure access and, and not by just like passing that off to the consumer who already can't afford tampons. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Our last question is, what do you think the femtech industry as a whole needs the most right now in order to be successful? People writing checks who understand the problem. Ooh. <laughs> so I see all the time. I want to help out these founders. I want to help out. Okay. Where's the money at? Like bring the money to the people who understand the problem and like, that's a goal someday. I want to be a check writer, but be, until I can be a check writer, like, come on check writers. Like, where are you show out? You keep like VC Twitter is like a flutter saying we want to help women. We want to help underrepresented people right now. 3% of VC dollars in femtech are going to female founded companies. That's unacceptable. Yeah. So that's, that's what, that's what the ecosystem means. Um, I think like you're doing a great job of bridging the connection. Like people are supporting each other in it, but we need to be able to get in the room where it happens. Yep. Nope. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, well, if you haven't heard the news yet, we're actually launching our fund. So coyote ventures is, I know. Yeah. I was like, I don't think she's heard. I haven't. <laughs> oh my gosh. Congratulations. Yeah. That's yeah. so much freaking hard work. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. But, you know, it's because Femtech Focus is this big ecosystem we built and we have this research and we're going to be publishing like data on, on Femtech and all this amazing stuff. And but the reason I bring it up is not because like our fund is going to solve all the problems. We need many more funds, right? Um, but it's really interesting when we're talking to our investors, right? So listeners, investors even have to fundraise. So as I'm in, as I'm fundraising, you know, people are saying, you know what, we are interested in femtech, and we're we're going to do investments too. And then I say, yeah, but like you don't know anything about vaginas, and like I know a lot, not only because I have one, but I'm like this expert. <laughs> And it's so funny to see majority men, you know, investors being like, oh yeah, maybe I should just give it to you when you do the investing, you know, but it's like, there's like this trend right now that people are like, oh, that's like a cool, it's like a snazzy thing to say, like you're going to invest in female founders or women's health. And it's like, I like that, but you should just give me the money then and let me do it, <laughs> you know, because we don't want to mess this up, you know, like it, we should probably like give the money to people who know who to invest in. Right. Right. Cause you, I'm sure you saw that thing in Germany where like the guys that got like 30,000 euros to make like pink gloves to remove a tampon. And I was just like, gobsmacked, not surprised, shocked, but not surprised. And I was like, that $30,000 could have gone to a, a woman actually innovating, actually innovating in the space instead of that bullshit. Like, That's right. And the investor, you know, he, 
bless him was like oh i'm sure we're this, you know, and it's like that's why we're arguing. No, just give that money to the femtech experts, right? Um, because we'll know what we actually need or not. So, wow. Well, this has been so much fun to talk to you. I am very excited to download your app and plug it into my calendar. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me and for building something kick ass. I really appreciate it. Thank you to our sponsors, Witham and Dame Products, for supporting the show. And thank you, listeners, for listening to the interview with Alex Coble Franks, CEO and co-founder of The Agenda Period. Don't forget, you can download their app for free now on the App Store. And if you'd like their physical agenda book, you can go to theagendaperiod.com and use promo code AGENDA10 for 10% off your order. That's theagendaperiod.com, promo code AGENDA10 for 10% off. Alrighty, Fem fans, be sure to give the show a five-star review, share it with a friend, join our virtual community at femtechfocus.org, and join the thousands of other femtech founders, investors, and mentors advancing women's health. While in the virtual community, sign up to be a FemPro member. It's only $10 a month, and you get access to the FemTech Institute, which is a library of FemTech and startup lessons that are sure to help you advance your startup and teach you more about the FemTech industry. Keep an eye out for our monthly FemTech book club and subscribe to our newsletter. Last but not least, please consider setting up a recurring donation to FemTech Focus since we are a 501c3 nonprofit and rely on your donations to operate. Okay, Fem fans, until next time, keep innovating because improving women's health and wellness improves everyone's health and wellness.